the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we are we are back. We are in the uh, second hour. <laughs> no, Mark. No, 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 Mark. No, only Nelson. Nelson, because I, you know, Nelson had a complete meltdown. So only Nelson, not 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 Mark. Let me start with our sister Dreama in uh, Alameda on line one. Dreama, are you there? I am. Good evening, Pastor Jesse. It's a blessing to talk to you in the new year, twenty twenty one. Absolutely, happy new year. <laughs> A happy New Year to you. You know, um, when I was riding home, I was in the car when, when the program started, and mm-hmm. I said, oh, there's a couple of things. I, I just, I, you know, it just irritates me sometimes mm-hmm. because when I try to talk to some of my Christian friends, they kind of like, they just like slough it off like, oh, well, you know, that just as if it doesn't matter. And I said, my goodness, it does matter. You know, and, I was, and it's, then you brought up the very thing that I was, you know, found myself just irritated. I said, Really, the elected official you were talking about, I actually watched that because uh, mm-hmm. I do a lot of C-SPAN and different uh, uh, watch. Because I like to see when someone says so-and-so said or did something, I want to, if I can, see it actually, see the words come out of their mouth. I know? agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, because there's too much he said, she said, and I've done that in my life as well. Amen. Um, we all have. If, if it's if it's against someone's character as I know it, then I think, oh, that doesn't sound right. You know, right. so I like to, and, and you want to know the, you know, the before and the after, the in-between, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, snippets, anyway, the snippets have divided us. The snippets yeah. that come <clears throat> in the media and, and different things, snippets of what people say can divide us. Anyhow, what was your Ab- point? Well, uh, the representative of Missouri, uh, the gentleman is from Missouri, Cleaver, and he's right. actually not only a representative, but he's a, a, a what is it called, a Methodist preacher. Right. Um, and so I was shocked when he, I, I said, did I just hear that wrong? Uh, right. And I thought, what in the world's going on? And then I just, you know, just look at it and saying, you know, oh, Lord, we have so many lost people, and they yep. are definitely in Congress on both sides. Yes, and they are. And these are the so-called <laughs> leaders. And it, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, six plus decades on this good earth that the Lord right. put me on, and me and it's not subtle anymore. I mean, no. and it's pretty clear uh, what they are, where they're going, what they be, where they've been going, and what they want to make law of the land. Yes, and yes, ma'am. just like you, I've got children and grandchildren that are being taught this stuff uh, in school, in sports, in media. It's like the truth is being erased and replaced with what, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's just I say, Lord, I'm saved, and I thank you so much because I don't deserve it. But right. please, 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 you know, open people's hearts, Lord. Yeah, Let the Holy it. Spirit just bleed into their hearts, Lord, and show them. Because, you know, this is, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking for the clouds to open. I'm looking for the second coming of the Lord, you know, and I just pray that people are, are paying attention because there are things <clears> that are going on. We can call this American, it's the perfect, and it's all these wonderful things. And we are blessed beyond countries 
that, I mean, I watch programs of other parts of the world that are so poor, and yeah. those poor children and those families have more manners and have yeah. more decency uh, than, yes, than people that I meet every day in Alameda that have uh, uh, measures of, of wealth and education that I don't even have. But I'm thanking God for my parents who taught me a few commonsensical things, and one of them was knowing that there is somebody that created this beautiful world, and it wasn't Amen. me. Amen. Amen. So so good. So so reasonable. So logical. So historically uh, accurate. What you're saying. So um, relevant to where we are, Dreama. Um, and um, you know, I, all we have is the hope that God will intervene. We've been talking about that rebellion, redemption, rescue. That's the rhythm that God has has engaged in throughout the history of this world, with the exception when He gives a nation up. And we have concerns. I do. You've heard me explicitly stated. Yeah. I'm very concerned about the giving up of our nation. We have a normalcy bias that we always operate out of where we just think, you know, things are going to automatically get better because we've seen correctives in the past. But those correctives have never been without exceedingly difficult and traumatic um, suffering. And, and, and what's going to be required this time around is... I think we're underestimating what's taking place and what will right. require for people to to wake up. So they're blinded. They're blinded as the Bible explicitly and comprehensively lays out. They're just as blinded as the men that beat on the door to want to have perverse relationship with Lot. Uh, they're mm -hmm. just as blind as Romans chapter one, as I'm talking about, when you have a reprobate mind, you don't think right. You don't hold thoughts together carefully. You don't understand the implication of your propositions. Your ideology mm -hmm. has horrible ramifications, but you don't care because you're part of a movement that basically is not thinking. It's emoting. It's emoting. Right. And they're abandoning tried and proven and tested historical uh, policies that are uh, that are productive and helpful uh, to engage in something that really is imaginary, that really is um, regressive, because the Bible lays out what a Canaanite culture looks like, and that's what we are advocating right now. A Canaanite culture right. 2.0, because it's going to be integrated with artificial intelligence, and, and this is why we have to stand up in as many ways as we possibly can against it uh, on local levels, and whatever, right. whatever, whatever abilities God gives us, I'm, you know, I'm a local pastor. I get a chance to speak to a lot of people across the nation and around the world a little bit. But there are other people who have greater um, measures and 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 and, uh, and and talents than I do. Their job is to do the same thing. We've got great people in Congress who are fighting these battles right now. Right, it's remarkable. Yeah, like, and you some know, of them, you... and some of them leave because it, you know, they become as frustrated as I do. And yep. it's like they they just go home to their state and, and say, I'm going home to take care of my community, Pastor, like you're doing in your communities here in the Bay yep. Area, you That's know, true. and just say, well, That's I'm going to, you know, help those. It's When you're talking about irrational, uh, you know, uh, how people analyze things and break them down, I, I watch a lot of different things. And one of the things, I and it helped me to pay attention to what's going on. It's not as I always want to be in that uh, think area with those individuals I listen to, but I want to know w what the crazy people are saying. And, uh, 
And so, and so I watch sometimes, and it's not always crazy. It's very good to know what's going on in the world. But, for instance, I watch democ- Democracy Now! because you too. see a lot of parts of the world that you would never know about. And oh, there was a, a person that they were interviewing a, a week or so ago, and it was about the upcoming vote on the abortion in Venezuela. And, 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 the, and the spokesperson they talked to, I understand she, you know, her, her commitment as she saw it and so on, but she was using a justification of how important this eighth or ninth try to get abortion in Venezuela, how important it was because there were women that were being subjected to clandestine procedures that were causing upwards to uh, 40 plus women that had, you know, had complications or some that had actually passed away uh, during these procedures. But whereas there was over 40,000 that were really, you know, per, that per year or something to that effect, I think it was her, 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 her number, uh, that were needing of abortions. And I thought, wait a minute, this person is justifying 40,000 ba- killing of babies, murder, based on the fact that 40 women might be inconvenienced or, or, or pass away. Or I mean, I, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my head around that. And people... You could almost see the audience, you know, if there was an audience watching the program, clapping and applauding that analysis. Right. And that's the reprobation that I'm talking about. Got to take a hard break. Talk to you on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. Let's see. I think I've got two lines open, maybe even three. Great questions and observations, Sister Dreama. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine is the number to reach me. You've heard me use the term reprobation a number of times today. You might wonder what that term is. Parodidomai in the Greek, and it means to pass a person over to another authority according to their will. When God gives people over. It's because they have, they have relentlessly and continuously opposed God's influences, his overtures, his testimony. God is the one that's in authority over our life. <clears throat> but when we say no to him over and over and over and over again, paradidomai is divine authority gives you over to demonic authority. Divine authority gives you over to demonic authority. Because when we reject the light, now we must be controlled by the darkness according to our wants. So now just listen to how the Bible puts it, just in case you didn't know that I was quoting scripture. This is the third stage of judgment, as Mr. MacArthur so clearly lays out, that Paul renders in Romans chapter 1. First, God calls men on their idolatry, that is the worship of a false god. Romans 1 chapter uh, one verses 18 through 21, uh, they, they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible men, four-footed beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. They worship the creature and not the creator. That's idolatry. Secondly, God gives them up to immorality, the major massive um, uh, perversion of, 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 of sexual uh, licentiousness uh, which has been occurring since, you know, time immemorial, which is an indicator of a spiritual vacuum in your soul. I love the way Mr. Uh, uh, August, uh, Augustine put, put it. Uh, Augustine put it this way. When men and women are feverishly 
uh, irrationally, destructively pursuing sexual uh, fulfillment to no avail. Uh, they are really uh, in pursuit of something that requires a divine satisfaction. What they really need is God. And until they find God, they abuse their bodies in the wrong way, give themselves up to vile affections. That's the second category. And the third category is that men and women <clears throat> become intellectually dishonest. They get PhDs and doctorates, and many of them, only to fight against reason, rationalism, and logic. And over time, because the moral ethical principles of God are written on our hearts, God gives them up. When you say no long enough to God, he will let you slide into the abyss of darkness. Listen to what the Bible says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge base, in their system of epistemology, in their worldview, in their phenomenology, in their logic, in their rationale, in the formulation of their doctrines and protheses, in their, 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 uh, their worldviews, their ideology. They did not want to retain the true and the living God in their mind. Why? Too much light. God will correct you if you, if you, if you let him, if he wants to. They didn't want to keep God in their mind, so they rejected God. And notice what the text says, and therefore God gave them up over to a reprobate mind. Here's the evidence. To do those things that are not appropriate, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, that's abortion. Debate is what people like to do. This is what, this is what my friend Nelson did. Just came on to debate, to debate irrationally. This is what politics is about. Just heated, uncivil discourse. Deceit, malignity, and whisperers. These are people that gossip. Backbiters talk about you behind your back. Haters of God. Despiteful proud bolsters, inventors of evil things. This, this could take a long time to talk about right there, but I would assert that where you and I are today in terms of uh, artificial intelligence, in terms of a misappropriation of our mass media outlets, Google and the like, and then disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. If you take those categories, what you're looking at are people who reject the fact that they came from a God who mandated that they would be created by a mother and a father, and it can't be done any other way, and then to very, reject the very roots of their existence by denying that we need parents to even be brought into the world, denying the goodness of parents who are rational enough to teach you morals and ethics and point you to God because... Somewhere down the line, they got taught that at least you need to acknowledge that there's a God. I mean, right and wrong came from somewhere, as the dreamer made it very plain. It doesn't just exist within us. So when you see a society that is willing to lie at the level of expression and desperation that you and I have today, you see a descent into darkness. We're descending into darkness. 
uh, after a while, and I, this is why the play that we're having this this Saturday is so important. It's called um, our identity and our adoption. It really is going to be talking about the dark places we go uh, when we don't know God. It's going to be a very powerful, very powerful show. I would love for you to be there or watch it online if you're if you're not a believer in God and watch how clear and vivid it talks about the pain and struggle of our soul when we don't know God and how we are groping in darkness and how we are giving ourselves over to things that don't profit us. And, and when you're told that it doesn't profit you, you want to you want to kill the messenger. Let me go to line number two and talk with Monique in San Francisco. Monique, are you there? Monique in San Francisco, going once. Can you going hear me? Now I can hear you. How are you, Monique? I'm good. Happy New Year, Pastor. Thank you. What's going on? So I... I agree and i believe that you know you have to you have to live by the word of of god in order to enter his kingdom but i also recognize that this is a personal choice and so my question is for somebody who i'm 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 an attorney for somebody who loves the constitution who believes in the Constitution and, 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 and it's part of what makes our country so great. What do you say to people? How do you reconcile the First Amendment that, that no one particular religion should be promoted over the other as a basis for our country to pass legislation that is primarily based on Christian values? Uh, It's easy to answer that one, but what I'm going to do is take a break and pay some bills, and so you and I can come back and unpack that. What you have just stated in terms of the the argument that's rendered uh, that somehow the idea of morals and ethics that are universal and historically uh, consistent, scientifically provable, that humanity has operated out of a standard, a... um, a plumb line of morals and ethics from the beginning of time, with the exception of just some some small variations, um, are universal principles. They are not merely Christian principles, but we're going to talk about them uh, after the break. Got to take a hard break, pay some bills. I'll come back with Monique, and we'll talk about how freedom of religion, freedom of uh, expression, freedom of assembly um, is is wisely given to us by our founding fathers, and they knew that it would open the door for other religions, and we can work with that. Let's talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. And we are back. Three lines are open if you want to join the conversation. We've got about 20 minutes, maybe, uh, to discuss, maybe about 15 total, but I'd love to hear from you. one 367 I'm going to return back to line number two with Monique in San Francisco. So, Monique, are you there? Ah, Monique disconnected. All right, I hope you're listening, Monique, because I'm going to, I wanted to just have the conversation with you, but I'll, I'll talk about the uh, salient question raised from people who would state why is it that um, uh, America would appear to have a preferential uh, 
for Christianity versus other religions, you know, as as uh, as a kind of central uh, choice for um, for our world uh, worldview or expressions of life or morals and ethics. Well, that wasn't in the Constitution, as you already stated. You know that our the founding fathers did not uh, advocate explicitly for good reason Christianity alone. And and this may be offensive to some people, but it ought to. Because at least the founding fathers understood the tyrannical nature of apostate oppressive Catholicism. They understood the wickedness of Christianity when it turns legalistic and self-righteous and its traditions become oppressive in abandonment of the the wonderful balance, freedom, power, and virtue of the word of God. And, And often the unbeliever does not know how to distinguish between how to understand the word of God appropriately versus the terrible witness and testimony that Christians would render uh, uh, as a witness to the world. So here's what I would state, that when the Founding Fathers talked about freedom of religion and that uh, there shall be no promotion of one religion over the other, it was in order that religion would not take on the kind of hierarchical equality of governance over people's lives that would result in the kind of um, Judaistic um, uh, anti-evangelical uh, missional objective that for which Israel collapsed under. National Israel was called to be a witness and a testimony and to spread the light of Jehovah God through Torah to men and women with this one main objective, which they failed at, that the law properly applied, the law of God properly applied would draw men and women to the conclusion rightly that they are sinners and need of a redemptive solution to overcome the self-destructive capacities that we describe in Romans chapter 1. And so what we, what our founding fathers believed, which I am passionately committed to, is freedom, freedom, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom to bear arms, freedom uh, of expression, freedom of the press. Why? Because if if we have a healthy uh, context of freedom where we can debate issues, where we can discuss issues, where we can communicate in a civil fashion the issues, we can listen to and determine what is superior in arguments versus what is inferior. We can, over time, if we're careful about, you know, uh, cross-examination, deconstruction of arguments, the back and forth needed to actually hear all the evidence on one side or the other. You know this is true even as a lawyer, uh, which is the tragedy of what has happened, as you know, uh, Monique, in terms of the uh, uh, circuit courts as well as the Supreme Court not hearing all the evidence with regards to the allegations that are uh, multitudinous concerning the elections, to not even hear it is abominable. God says, if someone comes to you with a controversy, you who are the rulers do diligent research, diligent examination to find out whether the allegations are valid. You don't just throw an allegation out and do travesty to uh, to a, a plaintiff who cares about their home or their livelihood 
or their welfare or their income or their lives, and in this case, our country. Judges are <clears throat> obligated to hear cases. And what you and I have seen occur here is absolutely atrocious across the board. And when you and I are talking to people on a personal level and they go into problematizing, as Nelson did, just simply rendering an argument and then becoming emotional, rather than stating your position and being given time to state it fully, and now being respectful to the other side, quid pro quo. Let me respond to your allegations, your assertion, your thesis, your hypotheses. Let me actually share with you what I think about that, and we can go back and forth in respect to one another as being created in the Imago Dei. And here's what the Founding Fathers believed, Monique, that according to Romans chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, that God has written his law on the hearts of every, every human being. So Christianity does not have a corner on the law of God being written in the heart. Romans chapter 2 makes it clear God wrote it in the heart of the Gentile as well as the Christian, of the Jew as well as the unbeliever. We all have the law of God written in our heart. You know what that means? Intrinsically, uh, with the exception of reprobation, we know what's right and wrong. And we can develop morals and ethical uh, morals and ethics around that which is consistently and universally known in all of our hearts. We know it's wrong to steal. We know it's wrong to kill. We know it's wrong to commit adultery. We know it's wrong to be uh, an infidel. We know it's wrong to not care about people. We know it's wrong not to love. We know it's wrong to hate. We know it's wrong to steal and, and to covet. We know these things are wrong because they are destructive on a societal level. We don't need a Bible to know that. You can see that in the most pagan cultures. Now, what they do need is a refined law, a refined Torah that actually gives us ethics around what we all agree are moral parameters and moral mandates that design are designed for us to have and live a productive life. When men and women learn how to walk in love, this is what we're going to be talking about in two weeks in our ROE. So if you want to show up, be glad to um, be glad to meet you as well when it comes to relationships. So when the Bible reduces how we are to walk down to these two principles, Matthew 22, 37, we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's vertical, and that's primary. Then we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's horizontal and it's secondary, but it's unattached from the primacy of love for God. Then we have all of both, not only the imperatives, not only the precepts, not only the instructions, but we also have the power because God grants us power to walk in love. If we are willing to walk in love, if we want to love people, we have the availability of the love of God shed abroad in our hearts but it only reaches maximal reality. When we come to know the love of God in its redemptive expression in the person of Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? In order for men and women who have come to realize that the law of God has rightly exposed us to being self-treasonous, self-destructive. We'll tell people we're going to do this and then we don't. We tell people that we're not going to do this, and then we do it. We even tell God we're going to do this, that, and we don't. 
This is what you're seeing in Washington right now. Why? Because we're disconnected from the power to do good. This is what the law does. It exposes our sin. It condemns our sin. It increases our guilt. But the law can't save us. Thou shalt not steal tells you what you shouldn't do, but it doesn't give you the power not to do it. Only the grace of God. The solution is in Jesus. And our founding fathers knew that. So we don't want a nation where everybody are Christians. We want a nation where every man and woman are exposed to the law of God in order that it might drive them to Christ, that they might become a believer, that they might have the light of Torah as the framework by which we can have a common existence. I got to take another break, and then when I come back, I'll continue to develop this line of reasoning because it's extremely important to us to understand religion will fail you. Christianity will fail you when you put Christianity and religion in the place of God, in the place of Christ, in the place of the Word of God, in the place of the Holy Spirit. I'll be right back. We are back. Let's, let's, let's enjoy ourselves for the next seven or eight minutes around some what I consider important thoughts. First of all, definitely, Nelson, if you're still listening, and you probably are, call me again next week. Let's, let's talk a little bit more civilly. I mean, you, know, you might have had a rough day. I'll be praying for you that you, um, you know, would have a, a, a greater balance so we can talk. It's a privilege as Americans to be able to talk like this. There's a day coming when we won't have this freedom, it's already occurring. Uh, you talk about, when I talk about problematizing, you're already seeing that on the left. Many of you are aware of cancel culture. You are aware of what's happening with Google and Facebook and Twitter and how they played a major role in exercising a kind of autocratic authority over freedom of speech during the election. This here is not hearsay. This is not gossip. This is fact. They were able to. We have algorithms that prove that they were able to sway votes in a different direction just based upon not letting certain information get out. And this is called this is the strategy on the part of your uh, your uh, your social justice warriors and their systemic racism argument and their postmodern tactics. Make sure that the other side does not get to share their opinion. Why? Because the proverb says the one that is first in his own cause seems to be right until the neighbor comes along and exposes him for having had a flawed premise, having had a flawed argument, and having brought bogus uh, evidence to the courtroom of dialogue and discussion. This is why you have to have healthy, uh, rigorous, civil and respectful debate, because men and women get to exercise their senses as to what's right and wrong and determine for themselves. This is the beauty of freedom that we are in danger of losing. I've been hearing it for a long time, the Fairness Act, uh, as it were, on the part of the left, wanting to shut down uh, conservative talk radio, because we know that if we can talk broadly and freely and, and have a conversation uh, in extent, we can persuade men and women who are seriously pursuing the facts and pursuing the truth. But the enemy always tries to kill the witness. This is what happened to Jesus. This is what happens to the prophet. This is what happened to the apostles. They try to kill the witness. Now, let me say something a little bit more about what um, I was sharing about why we don't really want Christianity, that is the church, to be the dominant religion of America, 
one is we've already proven by its failure, its utter failure to be able to persuade men and women of the authenticity of God and the integrity of his word. Men and women have the have the imago day. They have the image of God in them. They understand at the at the foundational level what integrity is, what character is, what 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 right and wrong is at the foundational level. They know, and they can smell a con. They can smell a crook. And when when Christianity puts on the fraud and perpetrates the hypocrisy of hyper ritualism and and the smoke and mirrors, if you will, at the highest level, Catholicism is a farce with all of its perversion so explicitly laid out. And so many of our evangelical churches are the same way. Why, when Nelson made mention of of Rabbi Zachariah, please don't be alarmed or shocked that men would become so worldly prominent and famous that they would start acting like a little god or a pimp and start screwing men and women all over the place because somehow they think they have the right to do what Jesus warned in Matthew 23, 1. Look, hear what the Pharisees say, but don't do what they do because they say and do not. So why Jesus told his disciples, don't get caught up in hierarchy. You're all brethren. Don't have nobody calling you papa. Don't have anybody calling you master. You're all brethren. We're all brethren. What that means is Jesus is sovereign Lord and God the Father is Papa. And we're all sons and daughters of God. But we cannot live up or live out redemptive realities without being born again. And even after truly being born again, man, I, I really need to take time to explain that because it's been bastardized by the evangelical church in the name of just make a decision for Jesus. That doesn't work. God has to actually do something before you for you before you say yes to God. This is the reason why many who are listening to my voice now have never experienced the power of redemption because your heart's not broken yet. But the man that's talking to you is a sinner. One that's talking to you is a sinner. I have evil thoughts. My heart's full of perversion, just like yours. I get mad and angry, as well as everybody else. Saved people are not perfect people, and they ought not to uh, pretend that they are. Also, we're not the wisest people on the planet either. Uh, But we're redeemed, and if we're redeemed, then we have a very important message to the world. We need to learn how to get down into a pit with sinners and speak to them right where they are and let the light of the glory of the God of Jesus Christ bring us up out of the pit as only he can. We need to get back to the gospel. This is what Paul rejoiced in when God saved him, knocked him down on the Damascus road, and he looked up. And that's the only way you're going to be saved is be on your knees looking up at the triune God and the person of Christ and the infinite glory that can change your heart. And even after we're saved, we're still struggling, struggling to to talk right and to act right and to be right. We redeem people if we're saved and we're on our way to glory and we're learning how to live right. This is what Dan was saying, man, malice and guile and all that stuff. That stuff will pop up if we don't really ask God to give us grace to depend upon him. And forget listening to the crazy folks that talk about, I got the Holy Ghost so much that I don't sin. That's an evidence that you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're a liar and the truth is not in you. The person that says that they don't sin is a liar. 
The person that says that they don't have sin has made God a liar. We all have sin, and we keep coming short of the glory of God. This is what makes the good news of Jesus Christ so wonderful. He alone was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, knew no sin, did no sin. In him was no sin at all. No court could condemn him of sin. But you and me, we need him. That's what we need. We need the Lord Jesus. We'll see you this Saturday for Arts of Grace, and we'll see you the following Saturday for our Rules of Engagement so we can start thinking about how to act right, even if we can't act right. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, and may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and may the Lord give you his peace.